They say we sick with it, you better wear a mask They say we're moving towards the top, but we work like we're trash I mean these conversations happening, you shouldn't have asked We're the winners of the future, not a slave to the past You said we never ever make it, and I'm saying you lied Tune in every Monday, press play, share, and subscribe Your invoice has been processed, bring me my money, don't hide Don't play with me, I'm Kingdom and I'm Southside Hey Tweety, what are you drinking over there? How's it went? all right guys so you caught us we are drinking our favorite coffee and that is hustle blends coffee hustle blends coffee is curated for visionaries um high performing people executors all of the above and we want to share this coffee with you so we have recently launched our coffee in a cold brew that's right packaged up just for you it can be delivered to your door anytime you want it to be delivered so while you're working on building that billion dollar plan and you're already getting your services from renown.tech go ahead and throw back a shot of coffee that is hustle blends shop hustle blends at www.hustleblends with a z Dot com coffee and jesus all day baby let's start the show welcome back ladies and gentle fish i am none other than peppermint patty all right medicine ball patty all right keep you away from that omarion icebox where your heart used to be and do you got some oranges in the icebox i hope y'all ain't got no oranges in the icebox i really want that breed of black people that puts fruit that doesn't need to be refrigerated I want, I want us to evolve. And I say us. Okay, do the intro. All right, anyway, I'm over here with treacherous tea. I'm over here with trigger tea. I'm over here with trigger tray. I'm over here with Mr. Red Velvet, Mr. Red Velvet suit, Mr. Richer Than I Ever Been, Mr. Avocado Toast Himself, uh-huh. Mr. Uh, I Use My Wife's Toothbrush. None other than. Sweetie. <laughs> so underwhelming you know who it is it's mr put it on them aka the one the only tweety anguini in the building aka big o <laughs> in case you didn't know <laughs> wow wow yeah tweety o terry anguini toa you know <laughs> uh, okay i'm joining you in spirit and and the um, our third host, who is not present right now because he's down for his nap, but it should he happen to get up, guess what? The show still goes on. None other than Mr. Joe Byron himself. All right, Mr. Punjab Jabi, PG Pie, my son, Preston. Can you insert some claps right here? That's it, that's it, that's it. You better clap for my baby. Anyway, y'all, we are back, Million Dollar Conversations Podcast. If you were just now happening to press play on this podcast or it just appeared in your shuffle or your friend put you on or you somewhere on a long, awkward car ride and this podcast is playing, we first off want to say the Jesus in me loves the Jesus in you. But not only that, this is the only podcast guaranteed to make your pockets a little fuller and your soul a little more fed do you like that oh i love that yeah it's not, right, yeah we're gonna insert that right yeah yeah time. yeah uh-huh, uh-huh all right so we are a podcast that discusses relationships we discuss our relationship with jesus we discuss our relationship with money we i think this is just a relationship podcast all the way around relationship with business our relationship with each other our relationship with our uh, being parents um all of the things that occur in this millennial lifestyle that we live all right so we start off our podcast 
podcast or listen sham 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 all right that is literally the title of of this section okay so if you don't know you need to know anyway Le Shum 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 is a random question that we ask one another so that you can be informed on who we are just a little bit more. And usually I started off and I hit Tweety with a whole blind side. Even in the times where I've like had notes where I like write down what we about to talk about, I usually try to blindside him because I think that's what, what I, I try to keep you on your toes. Mm. I try to keep you heavy lifting. Anyway, Tweety, in your opinion... Look at you. you. You trying to stay ahead of me. You can't be ahead of me, baby. You can't get ahead of me. All right. Um, what is the most underrated fruit out there? Okay. That's easy. The most underrated fruit to me is a papaya. I feel like papaya has like the perfect sweetness, but has a lot of great health benefits. Or so I heard. Um, but I don't really even know what it looked like. Like if I was to go to a grocery store and you're like, pick out the papaya, I, I would need to actually see the sign that says this is papaya. Oh, that's honest. That's honest. That's very honest. All right. Um, I would say the most underrated fruit is the tomato. Mm, why? Just because a lot of people don't know it's a fruit. All right. We're going to move on. All right. If this was the metaverse, what do you think, what company do you think would be the most expensive um, to consume? What company do you think is going to rule the metaverse? Like, do you think that people are going to be driving down their virtual cars and like a Starbucks coffee is going to be like $15 for a tall? What do you think? I really think that the companies that are going to succeed in the metaverse um, are going to be um, let's see here, like clothes, retailers, retailers, you know, like the Gucci's, the Versace's, the Louis Vuitton's, but also I believe like companies like, um, Peloton, you know, companies who are, you know, geared towards like, you know, health and fitness and, 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 and looking into the future. Um, I think in this space will actually succeed a little bit more. Anything that has to do with, you know, um, things of luxury, I think you'll do great in this space because you're selling an idea. You're selling something that is not necessarily tangible. All right. So, see, I, I didn't mean to do that. I really didn't want you to get going and start feeling like, you know, you were we were on NPR real quick. Anyway, okay. That's what I'm here for. All right. No, I want to keep it fun and fluffy real quick. Okay. What celebrity would you like to be the PR person for? I would like to be Lil Boosie's PR. Because oh <laughs> I feel like he just needs to be sat down sometimes. Um, another person actually I would love to be a PR for is um, Kanye West. I, really I want the I want to help. Yeah. I want to help. I want to let them say what they want to say, yeah. but put my words in it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and tell them like, "Hey, like I get it, uh-huh. but this is how we're gonna relay it to the you know to the public." Mm-hmm. I don't. I think actually people like that don't even have PRs. No, they definitely do. They definitely do. I just think Lil Boosie probably fired his PR. Because whenever they took away his Instagram, it, that that was really too cold. That was honestly like that's corporal punishment, borderline. All right, all right. I don't have any more questions for Lil Shum Shum Shum. Do you have questions for me? Actually, I do. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite food to eat when you were around the ages ten to fourteen? What? 
It's a question. I never knew. Noodles. 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 Like what kind of noodles? Chicken. Wow, that's just underwhelming. No PBJ, no no nothing, just regular noodles. Like were they watery? Were they dry? Like Oh, I always like dry noodles. I like noodles that are actually like boiled all the way. I don't like no water, no soupiness in my noodles, and I like them to be like very bouncy and buttery. Okay. Um, did you know any of those kids who actually ate the ramen noodles raw? Yeah. Like it was like they lunch, yeah. like they'd be at school just. Yes. Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah, I always. I, and then they would put the little spices on top, and they would just lick it. Preparing for prison. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. One actually tried to add me on Facebook the other day. Yes. You see how my question led us here? Sometimes it's the fluffy ones. Uh, that's it. That's that's all I got for a little shump shump for me. All right, let's shump shump. All right, yeah. So let's go ahead and move into our business conversation. Okay, y'all. So um I wanna talk about content today. All right. This seems to be the the um internet rich word for the past year. So really since twenty twenty. I know years for sure, but I think all the way down to the small fish. People are now using the word content quite interchangeably. And um, let's just talk about the place that content has in the Internet and also how millennials and Gen Zers are, have this firm gris, grisp, this firm grasp on what content is and how it improves business and how you can really take your really, really scale your business to where it needs to be. Um, with content, but some of our older, you know, the older millennials or the the um, Gen Xers or baby boomers are like, you know, hey, Auntie Auntie Shay Shay wants to start her lemonade business, and you telling her she got to make a Facebook page, and she don't know what to do with it. So let's talk about how this this um there's like a gap. There's there's this this gap of um not understanding technology, does it eventually translate to a wealth gap? Yes or no, because not every business is uh, modeled or created to always need content. There's those business who due to longevity and time and actual clientele, like if you are um, a TV appliance place, like there's one in another, in the, in the, another side of Fort Worth and what you're able to do is fix TVs for people you've been doing for 50 years. Your place is already paid for. I don't think you need a Facebook page. You know, you have a niche. Mm. You have people who come to you. Um, but when it comes to the actual content that or the generational gap that you're talking about, I believe that you have to um, dive into it and actually understand what is going on. I think we both have stuff to offer. You know, we both have information to offer that can translate into, you know, something great that um, is different. For example, like when we talk about the boomers and we talk about people from the 60s, 70s, 80s, their idea of Working and doing a business is more, you know, actually going and hitting the pavement. Yeah. Hitting the pavement running, like exchanging phone numbers, like creating connections and relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, So they got a a buy-in from the customer for life. Yeah. It wasn't a moment to moment. Like it was like, hey, I know your family, I know your kids. I'm, you know, they were able to keep that business going based off of relationships. Right, right. And I believe when it comes to us, when in, in business, as far as Gen Z, whatever other 
I don't even know what we on right now. X, all that. Uh, millennials. The problem that we suffer with is that we don't know how to connect on a person-to-person basis. Like, if I were to see you in person, yeah. would you be the same? Yeah, would you be the same witty person that I see on camera? You know, would you be the same uh, uh, character that you build over this phone over these platforms and more more time than not people are unable to recreate that um so i believe that there's definitely information that needs to be transferred and some of the great entrepreneurs of our time know how to do both oh that's your mic drop that's it So here's my thing. Here's my take. I feel like a lot of our older generations know how to sustain businesses. Like they know how to take a family business from their mama's mama and know how to still run it. And there may not be no new changes. There there still might be that same sink and toilet in the restroom when you go in there. It still might have that same fish fry smell in there and no name. So no fish in months. It may have all kinds of things still going. No systems have been put in it, but it's still going. And then there's, you know, uh, millennials and Gen Zers and people who are, you know, creating storefronts and, and, and e-commerce businesses and things. And we just continue to evolve at a much faster rate. It feels like, it feels like we just continue to, to, to create new things and we don't mind creating new brands. And honestly, anytime we could create an Instagram page is we consider it a business like, Oh, I created a new business, you know? And so we have that, that faster, uh, far more gratifying type of push when it comes to business. It feels like, whereas like, you know, old man Jenkins has been selling the same milk and eggs since your mama was a kid. Um, but he's still in business. I feel like there's something that we need from them for sure. And like you said, it's that it's that hit the pavement. It's that, you know, go and meet somebody, shake their hand, know their family, know where they stay at. Not in a creepy way, of course, you know, and then from us, they need that 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 um wittiness that um that spontaneity that you know getting up and recreating yourself and not being afraid to change um we need that but do you think that minority communities suffer more with that that misunderstanding than other communities or white white people (laughs) i think if we're talking about black people let's just be very specific um we don't have an idea of community um which makes well in uh, I can only speak from the community that I see. Um, But in this area, DFW area, like when it comes to community and us coming together as one, there's different lapses of generations. So therefore, you do have the old man Jenkins. Then you have us's. Then you have the Gen Z's, you know, and that bridge has has not necessarily been created to where that transfer of information is happening because as one is learning how to become a business owner, one may be passing away or one may be, you know, not in the right state of mind or one may not even want to do business anymore. Like there's like that cross of like, I'm too tired to even go through this catalog of how I did what I did Mm -hmm. to maintain this for 50 years. Mm -hmm. You go ahead with your Facebook group. You go ahead with your Instagram. Let's see how that lot lasts that, that that's their perspective oh yeah that's what it's on and their perspective is like i own this store yeah. you lease that store yeah. there's a difference yeah. you know so i think that you know there's wisdom on both sides um but what i tend to see in our um uh, minority community if you may say is that that 
that setting to where these people meet has not been created. That setting to where you get a boomer, you get a, a millennial, and you get a Gen Z, and that transfer of information begins. So, for example, we're the MySpace age. Mm-hmm. People who are born in early 2000s onwards are like the Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, Snapchat age mm-hmm. to where they grew up in those platforms mm-hmm. while we were already like adults or teenagers. Mm-hmm. So they have a better grasp of actually how to utilize the tools to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And I think when you are a student, it don't matter your age because I do see some people who are boomers on these different platforms succeeding because they're willing to learn. Mm -hmm. So it all comes down when we're talking about content. Anybody can create something, but how impactful can it be if it doesn't have an actual influence into what people are doing? If If I post something consistently for 500 days, but I don't get the impact that I'm looking for in the community, how is that going to help me? So I would definitely say I think the the true ingredient, the true spice in content is that being that intuitive nature. Like I think that's what makes content content because people we scream and preach and write it in like red letters consistency all day. We say that all the time. It's about consistency. Get up and 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 stand next to a rock every day. Like we we talk about that, which is fine. And there should be some level of consistency in your life. There should be a a high level, high frequency consistency in your life. But I think we need to talk about the quality of it. And is the quality in the megapixels and the the clarity of the picture or the video and the sound and the 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 synchronization of that? Or is the quality in what you thought enough would reach somebody? And I do believe that is something that the old school got down pat, pat, pat. When I'm talking about they know how to reach. Well, not necessarily on social media, because when we have our aunties get on social media and be like, uh, Derek died. Call me, and it's all on your Facebook wall. There is a level. There's definitely a lack of intuition with that. But what I'm saying is, like, to understand what somebody needs. And what I hear you saying, I heard a lot of different things in what you were saying, talking about the bridge of the like in black communities, pretty much like, you know, maybe our granny owned a business, but she too tired and just broken in a lot of ways to actually talk about or to teach you how to run a business, you know, and then there's a lack of resource with that. So now you sitting up here 60 years younger than her trying to get up your stuff and your wits about yourself and, and teach yourself how to, how to run a business. You have a lack of resources. She couldn't give you too much resources. She felt like too many things changed. And now you burn yourself out quick. You burning your, your candle on both ends. I feel like one thing that the black community does not have an abundance of is people sharing the wealth of, of information, but also people being able to take in that information, us being able to have open cup for that. There's a lot of gatekeeping we have. Now, when I say gatekeeping this, I, I want to be very clear. I know some people feel like gatekeeping is like, Hey, if you come to me and ask me how much money is in my bank account, let's be transparent and let me share with you how much that is. That's not transparency. That's none of your business. Um, But if it's more of like, hey, how do I open a business bank account? Then, hey, sis, go up the street and you go do this and you do that. You know, I think that 
we we tend to gatekeep a lot. We tend to, you know, be like, oh, I don't know, just just Google a bank and just figure it out, which is also the truth. So that's not actually that's not a good example of gatekeeping. Can you come up with an example of gatekeeping for me? I'm actually hit a left to what you're saying, and I agree with everything you said so far. Um, but I do one thing I would like to say is that we live in a in a generation of or in in a place where th- we have a wealth of information. Uh, in in the world, this is the, the the time in the world that we're living in. If you're l- really looking for an answer, you can find it. Mm. But we also have the least amount of people applying the information, yeah. applying the knowledge, yeah. and putting it to work. Yeah. Some people would rather know it and not use it, so they can say and use it as an excuse. Yeah. Like I know how to do it. If I really want to, I yeah, I there's can. There's a measuring stick to what everybody else is doing or not doing. Exactly. Um, so to what you're saying, I, I get where I get where you're going. Um, but at the end of the day, I do believe we have enough people in our communities who are willing to speak and open doors and uh, push down barriers that 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 are seen. But we who's who's willing to listen? You know, like who's willing to listen? Who's willing? Think about it. Most people, they might not have the the, the old aunts and grandmas who had businesses. They might be the first ones yeah, to ever everything. who did everything. Yeah. So therefore, all the odds is like, what you doing? I feel it. I really feel it. <laughs> it's like, what you doing? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, <laughs> if I keep talking to you. I really won't know. Right. Like, it's almost, you know, we live in a generation or we live in an era where everybody is an entrepreneur yeah. of sorts or everybody has a business. Um, so we don't even know how to gauge and understand what content is. Mm-hmm. Content is not just a walking billboard where I just slap something on my shirt, I slap something on my stuff, and I say go. Consistency is key, but consistency towards what? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what are we? What What is the actual goal? Right. Uh, being able to set those goals and know, like, hey, the goal is to be financially free, financially free, uh, have financial freedom. Yeah. The goal is to own property. The goal is to open businesses. What is your actual goal? A lot of people don't have that. They just see other people going. It's like I want to go too. Yeah. So I'm going. I'm here. I'm going. And get frustrated along the way and have to recreate the same vision about 500 times. Mm -hmm. But God told you the same thing the first time. And you have to go again and do the same thing. So lead us. Go uh, go ahead and lead us into our conversation um, about about Christ, about our walk with Christ, about um, our faith. When you said God said go and going after that thing for the first time. Um, I believe that it's, it's God is very simple as far as his instructions. Like we even hear in the Bible when, you know, he tells Abraham to, to leave. Like he gives Abraham like like very clear instructions of like I'll send you yeah. <laughs> where, where to go, you know. And, I, and God pushes you to this uncomfortable place. Because he needs something out of you. Yeah. And a lot of times, a lot of us are so comfortable in that place that he, 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 he wants to use us, but he needs to push us so we can trust him. Yeah. So we don't want to get out into the troubled waters. We don't want to get out into our, out of our comfort zone because it's going to cause us to learn something. It's going to cause us to walk in the truth of what he said to do. You know, I, using my personal experience um, on the that just when God says go, mm-hmm. my 
my immediate reaction to it is that your plans for my life, you know, we stand on everybody. This is the season right now of Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm -hmm. But what happens in the middle of the year Mm -hmm. or during August when, you know, a lot of stuff has transpired. Mm -hmm. We're in Q3, Q4, and you're really wanting to push this brand forward, Mm -hmm. but things are pushing against. Anytime there's something pushing against, there's also something pushing forward. And when God is pushing you forward and things are happening, your job is to say, yes, Lord, like, what do I need to change? But to make it plain, like, you know, even with my personal entrepreneur journey, like, you know, being able to, to even stand on the ground of like, you may not understand what I'm doing, which I don't expect you to, because it's not your vision. (laughs) It's not what God told you. But, Oh, it's going to look like God did it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to look like I did it, you know? And a lot of us, sometimes we want to make it look like we are self-made. Yeah. Like we yeah. we created this identity. We looked this way. We carried ourselves to victory when really God is the one really carrying us. Um, even to my personal testimony, like people don't even know. Like, you know, I've, I've, I've been strictly leaning on God you know, past four months, just mm-hmm. in entrepreneurship. I am a full-time entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I don't have to slap that on my chest mm-hmm. and post it to the to the walls of Instagram and walls yeah. of Facebook yeah. so I can feel like I'm doing better than or that I can feel like jobs are bad for people. No, people need jobs. Mm-hmm. Jobs never hurt nobody. I like jobs. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what God has told me and my family is like, hey, I'm pushing y'all to the outer limit. Yeah. You know, so it's not a secret. It's not a this, but I know that when it comes to people and the vision that God gives you, you have to have a closeness with the vision inside of you and guarding it with your heart because people have opinions. Oh, my God. And those opinions, they don't matter. Yeah. But when you get somebody close enough to give you an opinion on a thing that does not come with godly instruction, yeah. you get lost. Yep. And so using wisdom, I've learned that, hey, as moves are being made, as God is putting words in my heart for my family, I don't have to move according to how your family moves. Yeah. I don't have to move according to what you think works or not on an algorithm or on business or this. I move according to the power of God. Yeah. God is a true mastermind. God is the true uh, uh, business owner, CEO. God is the one to direct you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we lean on man's idea of a thing so much that we lose sight of what God told us in the beginning. Mm -hmm. If you take most business owners and ask them, what did God tell you at the beginning? Some don't know. It just pivoted and pivoted and pivoted and pivoted Mm -hmm. and it became something that was successful and now they are stuck, Mm -hmm. unhappy, you know, focused, but focused on the wrong thing. And so I, I really believe when it comes to our faith as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we have to tell ourselves, when did God tell me go and what did he tell me when he told me to go? And also, when does he tell me to stop? When does he tell me to wait on him? Yeah. Um, man, sweetie, I love that you said that. I, I truly love that you said that because um, we've said it before on uh, one of my Faith Boss Fridays. Um, if you haven't, make sure you tune in at the Faith Boss on Instagram. Um, every Friday, we we going up, baby. Um, but um, we talked about how everybody can't go, but also some people just won't. Like they won't have every opportunity, but won't. We talked about what poor meant. Mm. Um, what does poor mean? 
Poor stands for uh, passing over opportunities repeatedly, uh, meaning that every time you get an opportunity, you know, we pass over it or we don't think it's for us or, you know, whatever. And I, I truly believe that God, if you get an opportunity, God will grace you to go through it and see the other side of it. Uh, for sure. Our life a thousand percent right now is 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 on faith. A thousand percent. Um, that's that's where we are. Uh, we are in so many different ways, still figuring out a lot of things, but we have not missed anything. We've, we've been able to exceed a lot of things, um, more than we did when we were both clocking in every day. And yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's not to say that every, there's no two days that are the same. Um, but it's been an amazing ride and a crazy ride for sure to uh, be with our kid every day and do business. Um, and so some people may look at it and be like, I don't get it. <laughs> How that work? What's going on? And what did you say earlier? It's going to look like God did it. Mm-hmm. It's going to look like God did it. it, is. <laughs> it is. You know, it, it is. So, um, yeah, man, let's, let's talk about just solidifying that faith. Um, making sure that our faith isn't weathering with the storm like it's not it's not going to and fro or back and forth um and that also i tend to think a lot about um the story of zacharias and when his wife got pregnant and how he doubted things so much um that his mouth got shut up you know and i'm like man I, I was telling Tweety the other day. I, he was like, you know, how? What are your your feelings about twenty twenty two? What's your word of twenty twenty two? You know, we get all on that stuff, and I was like, silence, and not not some sneaky, undercutting, you know, baffling silence. No, like silence and not violence. That is literally my <laughs> my saying of the year. Why? Because my daddy always used to tell me. The best listeners are the best learners. Listen for God. Just listen. I've been a talker my whole life. I think I'm 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 quite um I I think I'm I'm quite uh what is it aware enough to know when I'm talking too much, or at least I try to be sometimes. I'm not, I don't know. But not, neither here nor there. I've been a talker. And much less of a listener. And I want to be more of a listener this year. I want to listen more to God. I want to listen more and discern more. I want to listen more um, to the things that I need to listen to. I want to be able to take things in more. So I don't have some wild and crazy, you know, thing that I want to accomplish this year other than listening. And and the Bible is very clear about listening. It's very clear about eliminating distractions, very clear about um, moving away from things and fasting and all of these things to just hear clearly from God. And so I just encourage anybody who's listening right now that if you find yourself in a place um, of just feeling like you're your thoughts are cloudy. Your mind is cloudy. Your you, your direction is kind of feeling like you take two steps forward and five steps back. That eliminate some distractions and hear from God, because God may be telling you to go, but God also may be telling you to stay still. He also may be telling you to go back to the last thing I told you to go to, and then go from there. You never know. But all the less, all the more. Um, let's move on to the relationship conversation. All right. So yours. Mine, <laughs> ours. I could do this for 
hours Sit and talk to you for hours I want to give you your flowers And some champagne showers Oh, you're mad at me. Okay. They probably tired of this too. Come on next. Yo, yo, yo. We were going to talk about um so we were in the car the other day and I was like, So Tweety, hours and hours. How do you feel about it? And what did you say? I can't quote it. What did you say? I said Ain't nobody doing nothing for hours and hours. Like, be realistic. Like, why? Why are we always lying? Why are we lying? It's not lying. It's over romanticizing. It whatever. It's lying because I just Patrice asked me the question and I just thought she was being like straight up, just answer the question. I'm like, who, who, who does it hurt? It hurt just to think about hours and hours. I'm tired, boss. I was tired. Uh, but that that doesn't mean what I was saying, like when it comes to just even the topic of that, you know, it's okay to, you know, wine and dine, you know, you got foreplay, you got different things going on that leads to maybe a, a two or hour or two, but after like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's be a, an hour or two, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But after a while, like, bro, hamstring, you know, head, neck, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, it kind of, you know, it just, you gotta, you gotta be honest, you know, you gonna, somebody gonna take a break. Let me get a water break, something, you know, stretch. So let's talk real quick. It felt like when you were single, did you ever like romanticize the thought of marriage and like married sex and married lovemaking and married dating and married nights and candles on the balcony and, 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 you know, the, the high, um, the, the wonderful outfits you'll wear when you go on a date and did, did you ever like romanticize that? I actually thought I was going to be a lifelong bachelor. I, I I really did not think about no hours and hours. I was thinking about sneaky links. I was thinking about... Minutes and minutes. <laughs> well, not really minutes, but I was thinking about, like, just, you know, like, I was thinking about, like, other stuff, like, let me get my car, let me get that, you know, that new Beamer, let me get that, you know, I was thinking about material things, and, like, the idea of a girlfriend never really even popped up. I was like, you know, it's just a thing, like, you know, it's just an addition to what I'm doing, you know? So, yeah. Okay. So I totally thought I was going to be a lifelong bachelorette as well, but every once in a while I would get this thought in my head of like, I wonder what it feels like to have my own person. And I wonder what it feels like to be excited to be with the person I'm with and to dress up for the person I'm with and all these things. And I think a lot of people who are listening could probably attest that there is a stage you go through in your singleness where you believe that like marriage is the safety net and marriage is like fun all the time and everything's romantic and everything is just intense and and just, you know, hours and hours, you know, you get you get this feeling and I just have a question. 
And because I don't want to break that feeling because I want people to honestly, I want anybody and everybody to romanticize their life. If you go to the dollar store, romanticize your life, turn the filter on and go pick up the the comet from the cleaning aisle. Like if that's what you want to do, do what you want to do. So do what you want to do. Romanticize your life. We all deserve it. It's hard out here. Omarion is out here breakdancing in the street. The Millennium Tour is happening and and Lil Fizz, the Fizzle Pop, the variant, everything have go romanticize your life but what i am saying is this why are we so much more apt to romanticize marriage before marriage instead of in marriage um because i believe the idea of marriage completes a lot of people the some people feel whole getting to that stage where they have their personal somebody but they're incomplete Mm -hmm. still because they're lacking jesus or they're lacking you know, um, healing from their previous relationships. Mm. Like there's a lot of conversations that don't happen around that marriage doesn't solve your problems. Mm. Marriage actually shows showcases more of your problems mm. to yourself and to your spouse. So it's a lot of healing that goes on in marriage that, um, that people don't see. So people romanticize about the idea of the vacations, the idea of um, this person gets me. Um, but that never really transfers for a lot of people. I hear a lot more married people complaining about how happy single people look <laughs> nowadays. Really? Yeah, I, I haven't heard. That. I do see that. I see a lot of I see a lot of married people like wanting some things that you know single people are doing. What I mean by that is like the the oh man, that's, that's great. You can go out. That's awesome. You can oh, do this. Freedom. Like the freedom behind people being single once you get married there's people who their mind goes off of like if i had my pad if i had this i'd be doing you know just the the mind immediately shifts to dang like you know it must be nice every now and then Uh, but then having the safety net but i got a man mm -hmm. i got i got you know i got a you know Mm -hmm. i got a girl Mm -hmm. so that's cool you know y'all out with the boys that's cool but right you know i got somewhere to go Mm -hmm. so i feel like there's both both worlds have this romanticizing thing going on Mm -hmm. of each other's lives Mm -hmm. like you get to sleep in a bed by yourself what and then there's like must the must be nice (laughs) i'll be like you my boy yeah uh but I really, I really cherish the idea of marriage, um, with all that it comes with, not just the good parts, but the parts that are challenging, mm-hmm. the parts where you do have to understand your partner, you do have to understand the person you're with, and deal with the the ebbs and flows of of what comes with because you're taking it on as a team. Yeah, like it's easy for me to play one on one. I could get on the court and, and ball out yeah. and win. But if I didn't do it, and my t- if I did that, and my team lost, like what was the point? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how some single people feel. Like I accomplished all these things. Like I ain't got nobody to share these wins with. Mm. I have nobody to share these memories with. I have plenty of people to share it with sometimes because I'm all over the place. Mm. I'm going from person to person to person to person. Mm. But I don't have that stability of like you've seen my my journey. Mm. And so I think people and people who are married, like you know, we have a privilege. Mm-hmm almost of like really seeing each other from like really bummy phases to really high places Mm -hmm. you know that we've seen each other travel to yeah 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 all right so i saw a question um that i really really wanted to hit on because 
I just think we can go somewhere really cool with it. Well, cool. I don't know if that's the adjective I was trying to use. But anyway, um, what is the difference between being a, being in love with someone versus being in love with the idea that someone treats you right? Do you understand my question? Is there a way you can reshape that to make yeah, absolute yeah, yeah. clarity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see exactly how I wrote the question. How do you know that you are in love with someone versus you being treated right? Um, I started off with the treated right. I think being treated right is like, oh, I'm a human. Like I'm not, you, you're treating me different than you. You're comparing somebody to your past or you're comparing things to, what you've not experienced. Like you pull out chairs. Oh word. You pay for your, you pay for my food. Oh word. Like just always like just somebody's normal tendencies become like your checklist. They become things that you're, you're swiping out for, for guys. It could be like, what? Like you not tripping right now. I know somebody that would have been tripping right now. You good, man. You good on my book. And then you start slowly evolving into making this into like a love thing when it really is like you got you're you're seeing someone who is meeting a need of yours but you might not necessarily be in love with that person oh see 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 tweety we stirring the pot like we we stirring the pot because here's the thing about it like i think that so many of those situations end up in marriage so unlike unfortunately and it'll take years kids in life events before somebody realized that they were never in love with somebody that they were just in love. I hear it so often. I'm in love with somebody. I'm in love with the fact that they love me. Like I love that you love me yeah. and you cool. Like, like I'll take everything else that comes with you because you care about me. You know, I, and Ooh, Chile, Chile, Corvette, Corvette, go ahead. Um, and, and that's an honest conversation because I, I believe nobody wants to feel unwanted. Yeah. And so we live in such a small, fickle dating space, dating world. Uh, even when we were dating, like you, you find people who are like, I'm okay with settling. I'm okay with. No, we'll never say it. No. Oh, no, no, no. It'll never be that. I'm in love. I'm madly in love is what you'll hear. And you know 15 years down the road like this becomes like the the common denominator mm -hmm. of the relationship is like well there's no it's an empty nest now mm -hmm. ain't no problems we good mm -hmm. but then the question comes like we but there's no problems no problem not a problem you're always gonna have problems you know sink broke some some always gonna come up <laughs> like <broke>. something <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, uh, it's impossible to really say you're not ever going to have problems mm -hmm. in a marriage. You're never going to have issues in, you know, in your relationship. It's just how you deal with them. You know, I think communication is something that we often look at in these scenarios where it's like, oh, man, like, you know, we, we just talked it out. It's good. We back to back to normal. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes certain people have end up with other people who uh you just got, you meet each other's needs mm -hmm. until you don't. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. And it, then it becomes, well, 
I just do my thing and you do your thing. I sleep over here. You sleep on that other room and we just going to keep it. We've been doing it too long. The numbers become the, the, the adjective, you know, or not the adjective. The numbers become the, the focus of why you guys are doing what you're doing. It's 40 years in. Okay. But how many of those are happy? It's 50 years. How many of those are like, you know, truly happy? And this is not a bashing of any of that. This is more of a, a deeper look into, Hey, like, you know, are you truly happy in what you are in and who you're with? Are you in love, you know, or are you completing each other's needs? So I'm going to poke this hornet's nest a little bit more because I want us to go there. Um, So we always hear the old folks say they said it when we got married, like love alone won't do it, you know. Yeah. And to, to that point, now after being married for five years on the 29th, woo woo, uh, I know that. Like, now I, I, tr- I truly understand. Like, love alone won't do it. But if we are telling people, we're not telling people, but just sharing with people that there's a vast majority of other people out there who are getting married to someone just because of the qualities they have and them treating them right, how they look on paper, a quote-unquote safe pick, as we've called it in previous episodes, should we then advise them to go with the person that they are in love with, but who doesn't treat them right? I'm not here to be a dating consultant. I am not here to, to, Hey, look, this between you and God, I'm just saying I can see it and you can see it from, you Noah. you can see it when you meet said person um, uh, or said people, uh, but my, my thing is like being able to be happy within your own and honest. Yeah. Being happy and honest within your own world, because I feel like marriage, marriage is such a sacred place that we insert people in that sacred place that should be outside of it. And sometimes those people may, I do believe in the older generation, they would end up falling in love with the person that was the safe pick. Eventually. Eventually. I do believe like that does happen. I do believe that, you know, with constant watering of a thing, love does come about of up out of it, but love don't keep you together as well. There's people in love but can't be together. Mm-hmm. Based off of character issues, based off of addictions, based off of whatever, mm-hmm. they are not able to be together. So love doesn't just keep you. Love is the key component. Mm-hmm. But I believe marriage is not just founded on that. It's also founded on understanding how to work together communication Mm -hmm. like being able to communicate your needs to one another is like the biggest key in marriage Mm -hmm. because you could take that with you in every season Mm -hmm. if it's a storm if it's rainy if you if 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 manna is falling from heaven you could take with you communication hey this is what we need to do for our household this is what we need to do for each other this is what i need being able to be straightforward and on point and just specific about each other's needs is uh, something that can help you with that harmonious agreement. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So question. Um, with marriage. And so we get this question a lot, you know, people say like they want to wait for marriage and, and wait to have sex until they get married. And then they have this fear that once they do, what happens if it's like the worst, the worst ever. Um, and we talked about this on a previous episode, but since I'm thinking about like being treated, the, the being treated rightly versus being in love with someone, could you realistically, mm-hmm. no, we're not saying, you know, 
in layman's terms, could you realistically be in a marriage with someone um, that you could not vibe with sexually? First of all, how do you know how to vibe? That's because you've had previous experience. Me, um, I, I could. I could because I know that the the purpose of marriage uh, and and sex is not is not so I can compare and contrast to my past. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's being able to create something with my with you mm-hmm. or with that per with that person that is going to um, be fruitful for both of us. Which communication once again comes into key of what I like and what you like. Okay, so how do you bring this up? How do you say, um, because communication is super key. And we were actually talking about this the other day when we were just having a a conversation about how we communicate. Because um, even after us being married for five years, it's like, Patrice, why do you say things like that? Tweety, why do you say things like that? And so with communication styles um, being different, which we know most couples have totally different communication styles and because they're totally different people. Um, how do you think that conversation would best go? If you know that someone is not sexually talented. Well, look, when I, look, the talent is from within Patrice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> either got it, you know, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Uh, but but how do you mention that to somebody? I think when you have the you have a, a, a quote unquote sexual prowess. What? Uh, what? Isn't that the word they use? Okay, I think. Oh, I think. <laughs> what you what you have to uh, what you have to understand is that, um, in order to relay that message, it's a sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. One. Um, but I, I, I think this is something you tackle on like the first year. Mm-hmm. This is something like you don't let it go past no, no two, three, four, five, six, eight, you know, this is something that you communicate early mm-hmm. and you say like, Hey, this is, this is what I enjoy because when it comes down to sex, all it is, is, you know, being able to please each other with, you know, your, your, not just your private parts, but words, you know, intimacy, mm-hmm. being able to set yourselves up into a great mood. So it's less about just understanding the language, but more about creating the adventure and the mood for that mm-hmm. to be uh, um, something that happens naturally. And sometimes we tend to force things that, you know, will happen anyways. And so from my experience, being able to relay that kind of sensitive subject is really knowing your partner and then having that conversation earlier than later. Cause it could, it could be traumatic for a woman. It could be traumatic for a man as well. Mm-hmm. If you're not able to relay this conversation early and you let them like think whatever, you know, you let them, you know, go along to get along for so long until the rubber meets the road and you had to say the truth. So being honest with them early is what I would say. This is totally unrelated, but what y'all didn't hear in my husband's last few sentences were so many black sayings that he is adopted from who? 
Okay. All right. We were talking the other day about like black sayings that, that like your uncle daddy and them told you all the time growing up. And obviously my husband has a Kenyan background, so he didn't hear all this stuff. But I was telling him like, you know, you can't piss on my back and call it rain. And he had no idea what I, what I was talking about. So if you understand what we were talking about with saying that, you, you, you're here with us. You're here with us. Anyway, y'all, we are going to go ahead and close out with a song. No, I'm kidding. We're not. We're gonna go ahead and complete that because I felt like we left it very un. Oh, untapped. It was not complete. Oh, oh, oh no. It was not complete. Okay, let's complete it then. Um, and uh, we're we're saying all that to say that I believe that being able to have those intimate, like, so if I was a listener and I asked you a question, I was like, so how do y'all, how does Tweety and Patrice maintain that communication in this area being, you know, entering year five or, uh, or has there been moments where this has been a problem? What would, what would, what would you say? Okay. So yeah, I can totally be honest about that. So after having Preston, um, like your girl has, has struggled to just mentally be there you know, and when I'm saying there, I'm talking about during sex, right? And knowing that that is a requirement for your marriage. You know, when I say requirement, I don't mean it like, you know, pencil, paper, pen, but I do mean it like that. I, do, I mean it, but I don't mean it. You, at, do you get at PR? PR, can you help? <laughs> PR. <laughs> but this is a question I asked you. I think, I think. I'm going somewhere, but I have to get past the requirement thing. Okay, it's not about requirement. It's about catching a vibe. Okay. It's about the mood setting. All right, sure. Yes. Um, but, you know, I've, what I've said, because that is a thing I have to be intentional about, because in my mind, I have kind of um, disassociated the the quote-unquote sexiness or feeling attractive or feeling whatever to like weight gain or this or that or just feeling like this or that um and so I've shared that with my husband in the rawest form possible now the thing about me and my communication is that it is raw with him it's like hey your breast thing it's not hey honey you know you did you brush your teeth you know and I'm not saying something's wrong with either one of those. I think there's so much power in femininity and I struggle with that a lot, a whole lot um, with just being like what with knowing how to properly um, use that gentleness to my advantage is something I'm learning. And so when I share it with my husband in raw form, my intention is to never hurt or harm or make him feel rejected or criticized with how I feel about myself. And I make sure I, I say it like this is how I feel about myself. Like this is how where I'm at right now, um, because I don't ever want to jump on him and make him feel like it's his problem. You know what I'm saying? Like I never want to to share something I'm feeling and it's something apparently that he did and he didn't. He had nothing to do with. So. That's my my form of sharing. Now, let me tell you how the outcomes have come out. In this raw sharing, that it's been a heads or tails. It could be a, oh, Patrice, like, I get it. I understand you, blah, blah, blah. Or it could be like, Patrice, I get it. You are exaggerating, not exaggerating a bit, but you are in your head a whole lot, and therefore it came out like this. Is this what you meant? Because this is how I heard it, you know? And for me is, um, 
as as your husband what I've realized because I'm glad we're having this conversation because I believe a lot of uh, married couples or a lot of people who are engaged this is a normal thing yeah it's the the part of it is that sometimes you shame yourself into not talking about things yep and when you do, when you do that you actually create more problems so I believe this is actually going to be the best part of the podcast because people struggle with the idea of going to their partner and saying, hey, I'm struggling. Hey, I need a minute. Or hey, be patient with me. Or in, in, in our case is I've had to understand um, just where you are mentally and how to cover you so that we can create the vibe. We can create the mood, the zaza, <laughs> you know, so that those moments are truly intimate for both of us instead of a uh, just an exchange. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Nobody wants to. It should never feel transactional. Like, and I, I know I say that I'm a woman. I know what it feels like. Like, I, I don't want none of the girlies over there, you know, Rolling their eyes, time by six, so you ain't never been tapped on the shoulder at two in the morning and, and rolled your eyes to do, you know, three in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to say it should never be transactional. You should love it every time. I'm not saying that because we know what's up. Like, there are many days that many women I've I've had conversations with other wives who are like, yeah, man, like I get tired. Like I don't be there sometimes. Um, but at the end of it, when we think about like it in its it, in the concept of sex, it should never feel transactional. It should never feel like I'm gonna give this to you so you can shut up, because what comes out of that is resentment. Like what comes out of that is that feeling of like this is all you want. This is all when you see me. This is what you like. Um, this out of that comes so many things, and I think that we just instead of like just being like nah, leave me alone. Um, we got to talk about it. One thing Tweety was real big on whenever I'd be like, yo, I am tired. I made it very clear that I am the morning shift person. You catch me at six in the morning. It is on and popping. You catch me at 9 PM. Like I may fall asleep. I don't know. You know, I've just been very clear about that. But Tweety was always like, just tell me when, like, Hey, if now's not t- not a good time, maybe tomorrow. Can, it, just let me know. Like, if, if if you rescheduling, I need to know when you rescheduling. Did you send my calendar invite? Like, I need you to know. You know. And he was he was very clear on that. He's like, no, for real. Like, if it's not now, that's fine. Um, but if you tell me tomorrow, guess what's happening tomorrow? You know, that's what he was always on. Um, it's also understanding that hey, it's not about just the transactional part, but we, we men and women are built different, you know, and sometimes the idea for <laughs> conversations we've had with each other has have been like, oh, uh, this all you need and, and water and food and you good to go. But I'm like, that's the foundational. That's one of most, the raw quotes. Right, right. Most men, that is the foundation. I, if you're a man listening right now, you and you're hearing me from, from where I'm speaking from, you could find me at Slept On Tweet. And understand that I feel you, bro. It, it, what this is, is that our foundation as men, I'm speaking to you, man, is sex with our wives, food, paying bills, and building a legacy. That is a lot of men's foundation. That is like what we imagine growing up, and that's what you've been taught, you know, mm-hmm. to being the normal. 
and you get to that place and sometimes it's you as my wife knowing like okay I'm gonna jump the gun before I get to that tired place Mm. you know I'm gonna jump the gun before you know it gets to this place where it's been a minute yeah or you know we we count days now like what we not in high school or college like you know what we count days for yeah you know but being able to be like this is not something that's supposed to be hard or rigorous to anybody Mm. this is supposed to be the good part of marriage it's supposed to be the blessing this they say this is worship why are we worshiping, you know, with our mouths closed, you know? No, no pun it. That sounds wow. that's that that sounds so wrong. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I just got that. Oh, wow. shine your eyes. Wow. <laughs> Sheesh. Not like that. But and hit dog collar. <laughs> no, not like that. But being able to say like um, like <laughs> not my mouth closed. Wow. In, in both ends of like our relationships, being able to communicate—that's what I'm trying to say. Like you communicate what you need. For you, it may be, hey, like it's, you know, the 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 dishes ain't did, like you know, or like this, the bed ain't even right. You ain't, you ain't even got your hair cut. Mm. That that's usually the thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Being able to look the part, smell good, man. Come on now. Set the move, you know, at at the beginning of our marriage, what was my main thing? Candles. Oh, okay, no, 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 no. We got to clear this up. We have to clear this because gone are the days of being in our early 20s and I walk into our one bedroom apartment and nothing, and I literally mean nothing has been changed about it since I left for work that morning, since we left for work that morning. Our clothes are on the couch. The The remote is somewhere under the couch. There's a water bottle that's half drunk somewhere on the, the, the living room table. But, oh, guess what? When I walk into the bedroom, there is a candle the flickering. Bed the bed is made. Oh, the bed is made. <laughs> and a candle is flickering. And some drawers that I ain't wore in months are on the bed. Zah. It's a zah, zah. <laughs> I didn't got off work. <laughs> <laughs> I am out like sometimes bath water. Sometimes I got the bubbles going. Patrice, don't say I didn't settle. <laughs> don't, don't don't do your boy like that. Sometimes I be setting Zai. She had pedals to the bedroom, pedals to the bathroom. It, it plugged up our drain in the bathtub. But at that moment, all she could think about was Zai. Got champagne. What? You know, right there on the tub. You know, and just setting the Zai because I'm like, hey, I know that this is a requirement. You know, for her. It's to set the mood. But I get it, but you didn't properly read the room. If somebody is getting off of work, they've been sitting in traffic for 45 minutes, they've been dealing with other people's kids all day, mm-hmm. and you like, okay, the bathtub is a great gesture, but it gets me so relaxed, and then, then I'm drinking, Yeah, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm trying to get you there. I'm going to go to sleep. Read the room. Man, you know what gets me every time? Every single time? What? A haircut. No. What? You know money. Well. <laughs> more money. Yes, but no. No, I'll let you guess one more time. Uh, a nap. Rest. Relaxation. Do you want to eat? Uh, really? Every time. Please. Every time. Kind of low. Well, Tweety, that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed for you. 
I mean, I had all these other things. I mean, I could do a foot massage, back massage. I got, come on now. I'm saying, I am telling you, what do we just say? I'm being very honest. Food? Yeah. That's not All right, so ladies, my my Instagram is at the Faith Boss. Should this have hit home, please message me and be like, "Yo, if my man just say where you want to eat at, I'm the the I'm not saying that's going to do it, but I'm saying the chances have gone up nah. by at least thirty percent. That's what I'm saying. Nah, that that that's where I'm at in my life right now. That's it. According to my poll in my head, nah, that's not been it. It's been yo. There's a bag right now, Patrice. Oh, a bag? When you come back, bust down. That's that's what's been most of the time. Wow. Yeah. What? That's what it's been. Or like you know, oh, you got a haircut. Oh, you looking good. I. It's been that. It's not been. That'll do it. A haircut. It, will yeah, be. it's not been food. I mean, it helps. I know it. It sets up a bar, but then you get tired and you get sleepy. Yeah. That does not help my chances. Mm-hmm. I'll, that's why I don't go for that play. Mm-hmm. Most of my play is cleanliness. Mm-hmm. Clean around. Clean everywhere. Clean up and down. You know? Make the bed and light a candle. N- now, nowadays, I got tw- I got a whole book. Holla at me out. Holla, man, holla at me. I got, I, <laughs> I got a free playbook. Oh, my God. Holla at me. But with that being said, we're going to jump into the adding of tax. Bing! I always try to mimic a cash register whenever that happens. Yo, it is adding of tax. And what this means is this is our time of the podcast where we touch on just a little life lesson, a little a little free game, a little zaza. All right, that can keep you through the week, um, that can keep you motivated and inspired, or just give you some practical advice that you can use moving forward. All right. So Tweety, you wanna go first? Yes, um, I want to encourage you to, man, how do I say this? I want to encourage you to empty your thoughts. It sounds so simple, but empty your thoughts by really not allowing what you are learning to infiltrate what God says. Because sometimes we contradict God's word with man's word. Mm. I understand the guru told you that you need to put $5,000 into your Forex account or into (laughs) your other stuff, you know, but don't contradict God with man's version of wisdom because God knows the way. Mm -hmm. So as much as you are relying on other things, you know, whether it's self-help books, whether it's, you know, new ideas, new things that you learned, consult God first about those things before you jump to those, you know other forms of um i guess understanding that's what i would say all right y'all so i would say this um this is practical advice i think i have practical i have one practical advice that i might have another one but yeah take a nap this is why i say this For me, naps feel almost sacrificial because I have to literally turn my brain off in order to get there. And I feel, you know, like I'm missing something and I'm I'm not doing something. I punish myself if I have to take a nap. I view rest as like this, this thing that has to be earned. Rest does not have to be earned. Do it when you need it. So 
With all of that being said, I literally want to just stamp this in somebody's mind. I know for a fact that when I wake up from a nap, I am a better person. I believe that my husband, even if he has to do an extra shift and watch the baby while I took a nap, is probably a little bit more relieved that I am more of a human when I wake up than I was when I went down. I don't know. Am I speaking? Am I thinking for you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like, you know, you, you got to get that rest. Do not view rest as something that has to be earned after a hardship. It's something that is deserved every day. Yeah, yeah. Well, to just to add to what you just said there, like I love to see you in a place where you're balanced. And sometimes if we're honest, especially if you are a new parent, when I say balance is hard. Or uh, non-existent. Or non-existent. Uh, but... There's no better gift you can give your partner sometimes than like a, yo, go to Target and just run around for a little bit, you know, or go to sleep right now. I see you. I see what you're looking like. I see how you feel it. Like just, you know, and vice versa. Like some, some days you're like, I'm going to let you sleep early in the morning, you know. And some nights I'm like, well, you can, t- <coughs> you can take that nap because if we're not operating at a good place, it's going to be hard for us to function collectively as a team. So I, I like to see you take those more often because they've been available. I just like to say that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just, you be in your head too much. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that alone is worthy of a bust down. <gasps> Bye, guys. <laughs>